Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luggedall Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the season and series finale of Succession, season four. I'm kind of at a loss for words, but to be honest, this is where the show always felt like it was going. I thoroughly am impressed with essentially the entire run of succession it, the the worst episode is still better than the majority of over half over two-thirds of television that is produced these days from the writing to the casting to the whip snap sharp writing nature directing it, it's all just it's there and it feels so lived in and natural that this show always felt like it was going to end up in this place now let's talk about it in two different ways maybe in a couple of different ways if you want to give it more specific but basically spoilers kindle does not become the successor and it's all hinged on a vote with the 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 gojo merger takeover <clears throat> led by Alexander Skarsgård's Matson's character, which is supposed to be kind of like a Elon Musk-esque type character buying a Fox News type organization. And the uncanny valley of how the show has actually mirrored society in real life, when it, whether it's coming down to... Uh, major shakeups in news organizations such as like CNN or Fox News that are very popular right now uh, to um, people passing away. There's just like so many reflections and mirrors that are happening um, within this in takeovers such as like Elon having um, bought Twitter and stuff like that. It's just the the show almost feels like it predicted so much of what happened in real life and so that's why this show not only stands out from the whip star, whip sharp nature of its cunning writing and it's obviously got this uh, kind of satirical nature and like with a, a a british edge to it but i gotta say that this show is one of my favorites i i it's hard to quantify why exactly it is my favorite but i feel like it, it hits on all cylinders from like everything i just said that there's no downsides in my opinion about this show except for maybe the overarching do you want to watch terrible people you know coordinating terrible shit because essentially it's almost too close to real life in some scenarios whether we're talking like the uh, uncomfortable election episode or these episodes that are a little bit more family focused and family based uh, from a personal standpoint, I feel like I can relate to this show on multiple levels. Uh, you know, by, uh, do, we, I'm not coming from a, a family that is as, as prominent or anything from from that standpoint. It's more just like from the family dynamic and the family nature of, you know, having uh, having a family with a, a patriarchy kind of uh figure you know that you know everyone kind of has to listen to the big man you know grandpa my i have a grandfather that does 
kind of have his hands in every pot of the majority of the family of our lives. Now, this was probably talking 10 years ago. He's much older at this point, and he doesn't try to uh, influence as much in the family. Um, but, I, you know, for a while, I did feel like I was very much uh, from a personal level under the, not quote unquote under the gun, but uh, under the, um, I, I had to kind of filter what I did for a long time, just you have to be extra, you know, walk extra straight, you know, you know, dot my eyes and, you know, do my T's and all that. Just be very, I guess, good natured publicly and stuff like that. And it's not like I'm not now, but I'm a little bit more free to, to do what I want to. And he's not quite as overarching with it. So I can definitely relate from that kind of nature from the family dynamic and, and then having, um, you know, family ties where people that are very close to you betray you. I've been there too. It's, it's, uh, it's a surreal experience to have people that are that close to you, uh, affect you in that way, but they know how to get under your skin, just like Shiv and Roman. They know the, the, not, they know some of the, the deepest stuff that, can bother you personally or bother Kendall personally. And I related to that on, on multiple levels. So seeing that Shiv coming to this realization, one, I'm seeing some uh, blowback of some people saying that, yes, it felt rushed. It felt like, where did this come from? It felt like we had established that she was on uh team kindle the night before meal fucking you know like all that stuff um but i think there was a, there's a couple of things that this show does not always show the most important scenes that happen some of the most important scenes that happen in the show such as the death of logan roy the unexpected death of logan roy in episode three i think most multiple people had said that we were probably going to get a death of logan roy but not this that early in the season we talked about it in the previous episode uh, review episode three um <clears throat> but i gotta say that uh in it, it this show always did feel very naturalistic in the way that it was presented and maybe we weren't always getting the perspective of the most important things that were happening but maybe we were only in the perspective of the children such as the logan's logan roy's deaths episode when he's um um they apparently had a one take in episode three with all the kids when they're learning about the death of their father and i kind of wish we would have gotten to see that the way it was edited we didn't get to see it because it's going back and forth from the plane over where Tom and um, Logan are on the plane and, and everybody else is, uh, I think they're at Connor's wedding at that point. But with saying all that, um, I think that, yeah, there, there might've been a couple of scenes that we didn't get with Shiv that would have been more prominent to her leaning against Kendall. I digress. So anyways, um, Let's kind of run down the template of everyone in the cast. First of all, there is no small parks. Let's uh, go from top. Logan Roy, holy, holy shit. Brian Cox blew it out of the park, even down to the minute flashbacks or video scenes that are 
pieces of video that we got throughout the end of the season. Not having Brian Cox on this was definitely a force of nature that we were missing, but I could see how this show would continue on without him, unfortunately. Um, but I would have, you know, loved to have seen him continue on in the show. Uh, Brian Cox, obviously amazing in the season um, because he dies early in it. You know, we can't really judge too much of the, the acting that he had to do in it. But um, the stuff that he had in the first couple first couple episodes, heartbreaking, telling his kids that he, they weren't serious people ripped just just like rip me in half. Um, and that's their last scene with him or that's their last time with him um their father is him telling them that uh you know i love you but you're not serious people and um they weren't invited to his uh, birthday party at the beginning of the season i mean if you go back and look at the the trajectory of how the season went it is very dark it's very sad which is actually interesting in comparison to the the show barry i'm going to talk a little bit more of a comparison between barry and succession um we'll do it at the beginning of the Barry podcast so that it'll give you a reason to jump in there just to listen, but it'll be for, before the spoilers of Barry. So the, the interesting part about this show being so dark is that I still feel like it was able to have that lighter tone. There were tones that it like it was an extremely sad season of watching their father die especially coming from i've talked about it in many of my podcasts my father was a he loved first season second season of succession he got cancer in between uh third season and 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 passed away pretty quickly from pancreatic cancer and so he didn't get to see three and four so these last two seasons i want to say it was around three or four around covid time that I was watching this without having my father actually in my life. So it changed my viewing experience from uh, watching these kids have a really rough experience with their family to actually having to kind of go out on my own in my real life and, and you know, not have uh, someone to ask all these questions and shit to. It's not like he was answering all these questions, but you just don't have that individual to ask all these questions to. And so seeing having to live through it myself and then watch these kids on television. I mean, they're, they're adults now and Shiv, Roman and Kendall, Connor, all of them. They're, they're obviously adults, but they are very much still children in their own right. They have this arrested development can, uh, uh, kind of life that they've been living because they've always been spoon fed everything and they've never really had tons and tons of responsibility, even though they are just itching for uh, and trying to get their parents' attention from the, you know, from the mother being kind of absent to just not wanting to really deal with them to their father being kind of what we hear is very abusive. Roman was in a fucking cage. They played that one game, they're bore on the floor and we find out Roman was in a cage for a long time. And it's all these random stories we find uh the funeral of logan there, there's so much to talk about in this show i'm not going to be able to cover it all but the the funeral of logan with uh you and his brother kind of talking about how there's the stress of uh of the family uh polio that 
they they had possibly carried over and given to his sister and there was this big guilt that was weighing on him and there's possible abuse of uh from his, his his parents when they were very very young and it's just a whole terrible cycle of all this going around by the way you and oh my god uh crushed on that funeral scene like I feel like the only way we could really talk about the scene is saying what the about the season is like what our favorite what our favorite scenes were and uh, but almost there is no bad scene it it just feels like for me this feels like the culmination of what we were going to see this was always going to be a tragedy for for the people that thought that Shiv should have aligned with Kendall. I can see that from just the, the storytelling perspective of like, well, why didn't she vote for him? You know, you, you know, well, there were small hints that one, she still had this, this resentment against Kendall. She has Tom on the other side. She was basically in, in Matson's pocket up until she found out she wasn't actually a CEO. There's just so much of uh, the track that was laid out in very minute detail that we didn't get very specifically um told to us but if you go back and watch you'll see that Shiv was never a hundred percent on Kendall's side and I kind of uh align with that and she the the thing about these kids and the way that they're written is when they're talking to each other you can tell when they're telling the truth and you can tell when they're lying like they're all terrible liars I feel like in their own right Roman almost never lies the thing is he's just so blunt he's an asshole about it um and he's also um you know he's doing a whole bunch of uh nazi propaganda shit through this season they really they nosedive into the character of roman and he basically hits the top of the world to the bottom of the world in this in this entire season i gotta say kieran colkin oh my goodness i think he's probably up for the best actor award best supporting actor i'm not sure how this show is calculated at all because it feels like everyone shares screen time at the same time i don't know who's considered an actor versus is everyone a supporting actor or is everyone a leading i don't know um but i i loved everything they had all these uh these these kids having to endure the um, all these actors all the kids even even connor had his moment at i think it was episode four was it at his wedding or the i think it was the episode two when he freaks out on the entire on all three of them and you know he says like i am the eldest i am the eldest son you know and he is constantly being stepped on and forgotten by literally everyone including um what's it family uh, including that crazy theory that with the the tom's wams gams theory um let me just finish connor real quick amazing love the performance by alan ruck uh him and willa uh they are clearly not going to be very happy in their relationship but they are still the only ones that started at the beginning and ended at the end it's so the supposedly that's a pretty happy ending for them not to go through all that um and they also you know connor was not involved in that crazy ass boardroom fight at the end um so much so much um So I do apologize for just jumping all over the place. I just, my, my mind, my notes, I don't have any notes. So I'm just going straight off the, the dome. Um, so 
let's continue on with a couple of the siblings real quick. Let's say uh, Honor, uh, Honor, Connor Ruck, Connor Ruck, uh, Alan Ruck as Connor, phenomenal. Um, continuing on with uh, Kieran Culkin's Roman, phenomenal is again his performance this season is like transformative from him going to the highest highs, the lowest lows. You can see him from in the corporate world all the way down to just being reduced to a young little boy with a, a cut on his face. Um, there's a behind the scenes thing, uh, like little clip it at the end of, I think the funeral episode, which would be nine that says it's Jesse Armstrong saying that uh, Roman is a masochist, I believe. And which I believe they seek out pain. And I think it does have the correlation to the abuse that his father was was giving him for a long time and that he was kind of craving when he was watching those videos of those funny videos that Kendall was sending of him, sending him of his father, of him like degrading him a little bit and he was making him laugh and stuff like that. But we saw in previous seasons and previous episodes of how Logan actually would, you know, he ended up, I think, hitting Roman at one point. And Kendall was the one to jump in and, you know, stop that. And, you know, what are you doing kind of thing? You know, you can't do that. And he was big brothering it to an extent, but all the way to the board, to the scene before the boardroom where he's giving his brother uh, uh, a hug. So to reiterate what happens to Roman the night before is they go to in episode nine, they have the big funeral episode, lots of great speeches. And the Roman Roman is just like, I can't take it anymore. And he runs out into this like riot that's happening because of all these, uh, uh, quote unquote, like Antifa leftists, all these people that are against Fox News and the, 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 the Roy family. He's kind of going out against them and he's like, you don't know him, you don't know him, you don't know nothing. And he's kind of like just wanting to pick a fight. And so some one of these guys is and just fucking decks him. And like um, immediately he goes into the fetal position and then is like trampled a few times by a couple dozen people. And that's what leads them into episode 10 where he's like, we're like, everyone's like, where the fuck is Roman? I don't know. He got trampled or something, got beat up. I don't know. We end up finding that he's at in Bar like Barbados or something like that with his mother. And uh, well, we'll talk about the kitchen scene. Mule fit fucking. So the, um, the Roman character is deduced to having these scars and cuts on his face not scars. It, it's a giant gash on his face, bruised up. He's, and he's just, you know, by that point, they have decided to have uh, Kendall say, you know, uh, I'll do it. You know, I'll be I'll be the CEO. And Roman and him are having kind of a powwow before they have the vote. And Roman and is like, you know, like, why was it me, man? He went full on like Uncle Phil. Why doesn't he love me, man? You know, he went that he went that far. Um, Y'all know what I'm talking about if you watch the Fresh Prince, but that, that one scene, that that one scene, um, uh, Roman is is kind of like looking at his stitches and he's like trying to pick him. He's like, the stitches look good, you know, the stitches look good, and he, and he's just like keeps wondering to himself, like, why wasn't it me, man? Why couldn't it be me, man? And then uh, Kendall brings him in for an embrace, and you know, it, you know, you told him it's it was marginally not, you know, it was very close to not being, and. Roman is just rocking back and forth in the uh, shoulder of Kendall to the point where his it, it, it 
I didn't get this at first. I thought Roman was just like, he just craves, he's in so much emotional pain. He needs to have it physically. And, uh, I can't say like I've been to the point where I've, I've like I gotta cut my cut my arm and do all that shit and stuff like that. But I've been to a point where I was personally emotionally at a point that I was just like I feel terrible emotionally and I need to go do something to get myself out of that emotional uh, funk. Uh, what I did was I just went and skateboarded and longboarded a long fucking time and then I fell off and I literally busted my arm and I don't. I, it, it made me forget about the emotional pain and turned it into physical pain. And this was a long, this was a, a while back. And I, I hadn't really had that transference of pain and the pain or was originally caused from a heartbreak. So it's so interesting that the way that your mind perceives pain can go from uh, a physical or an emotional pain and a transference to focusing on a different type of pain. I think it comes down to your mind is is focusing on different parts of uh, of pain, you know, so it almost does make a logical sense from that standpoint. I'm not I'm not I'm not out there skateboarding and falling off my skateboard every time I'm sad. Now I'm just it was something I had noticed for a minute I was uh you know in a funk for a little bit and then all of a sudden it's not like I'm telling people to go do that or anything like that I'm this was my personal experience but I can relate to needing that transference of pain I you know I'm feeling fine now but um you know not got a couple scars and stuff like that but uh what's going on they coming to get me no <laughs> um so uh the transference of pain of Roman kind of just burying his head in Kindle and Kindle kind of letting it happen. I originally was not interpreting it at all like Kindle was trying to hurt his brother at all, but I felt like it was just an, a, a really intense embrace that Roman needed. And, I, you know, some people said that they, they felt like Kindle was trying to impress a little bit of uh, a violent nature to kind of have those stitches come out too a little bit. Um, but I didn't quite kind of feel that. I feel like it was a pain delivery system that Roman needed at that time. Like if Roman was like, get off me, he would have got off of him. It, it, this was not that fight that happens later in uh, after the vote. So let's um kind of go by this episode real quick so I don't have to uh, forget anything. So Kendall scrambles to secure the board votes to block the to block the Gojo deal. I gotta say that Matson Alexander Skarsgård has been phenomenal in this season. He's been an absolute uh, douchebag in the best way. Um, and I gotta say the the attire they have this guy in is just phenomenal. It's like he's loose, but he's like loose rich. And it's like he's wearing a tracksuit that may could easily cost $100, but it probably costs like $10,000. You know, there's there's things about him and he's just always like comfortable, no shoes on. And he's just a very interesting and lived in character that is playing the shit out of him. And I love Alexander Skarsgård's interpretation of this guy. I, I have a feeling if you ever met anybody that was like this Matson guy, he would be <laughs> insufferable. Send, sending blood to fucking uh, 
his assistant and like sexually harassing probably half the fucking company. Oh my Jesus. I was this guy, this guy. So he and Shiv uh, visit Caroline's estate in Barbados where Roman is recovering from his wounds. Now, um, Matson interviews Tom and offers him the CEO position. The Tom Matson stuff, the entire season, Tom is like, I'm tired. Am I going to get fired? Oh, God, I just had to deal with Logan's death. And now I'm tired again. Oh, my goodness. It, the entire season has been just stomping on Tom. And then other scenes of Shiv are like Shiv and Tom, you know, like just so many scenes of Tom just getting kicked and battered around that for him to come up on top honestly makes way more sense than not because everyone else was going to war. So who is left to actually run the company? Because the war happened in front of some of the most important people. This They literally just go at it and they are just at each other's throats. The, the, the siblings at the vote are literally fighting each other at this vote. And everyone's there to hear, witness it. All Everyone at the vote, Ewan's there. Oh my goodness, Ewan's like, oh hell. So, uh, you know, Logan was right. They are not serious people. So that's why Matson needs Tom. Tom makes sense because uh, what's it? Shiv says he'll suck the biggest D in the room. And it's absolutely true because he's always going up to anybody. I think ever since Logan passed, he's like, I'm here to serve. He goes up to Kendall, I'm here to serve. I mean, he, he'll get kicked right in the nuts and be like, I'm here to serve. Tom, Tom uh, Matson's like, I literally want to buck your wife. Just a little bit, just just a little bit. And he's like, I'm here to serve. And it's like, dude, I mean, OK, so I have my qualms with Shiv as well. Now, there's a lot of things um, there's a lot of things to say about Shiv. We'll, we'll go down there. But that that part, I was like, dude, you were literally willing to do anything. And so Matson is like. I need someone I can puppeteer in the same way that they were showing that cartoon of Shiv puppeteering Skarsgård. I need the empty suit. I need the cog in the wheel that I can maneuver. And that's what Matson does. And so he chooses the guy that is probably the easily, uh, he can be disposed at any time. Everyone that thinks that Tom has the crown on, on his head has no idea that he's actually under a guillotine as well, because he can be chopped off just like that. He can be named CEO and then just like that. You're done. You're done, son. Get out of here. Um, again, with the real life parallels of Elon Musk actually um, naming a new CEO for Twitter, I, I do have, uh, let me see. Linda Yacarino, and that was May 12th, 2023, two weeks before, like two and a half weeks before that, um, the last episode aired. So, I mean, the uncanny valley of everything that's happening is just kind of like, whoa, it's Jesse, how did you do this? Like, it, it, it's, 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 uh, it's almost like the Simpsons joke where they, they show the joke and 10 years later it actually happened. Oh my goodness. Um, it is, it, it's not just that it happened. It's that it's happening so close to the actual succession airing. It's like, are y'all watching in this and just having ideas or, or what's, what's going on here? Because these are things that have to have been 
talked about and planned for, I would have said at least a couple of weeks or months, you know, naming CEOs and stuff. And I've got different opinions about the Elon Musk's uh, Twitter situation, but we'll do that another time. That's, that's for an aftercast. We'll, we'll cover that on that time. Um, so yeah, Matson names uh, Tom in the position. Greg tips off the siblings that Shiv will not be Matson's CEO. He's in the bathroom and he's telling Kendall, you know, I've got, you know, uh, solar, solar uh, universe ending world news kind of shit. And Kendall's like, yep, yep, yep. Tell me, go ahead and tell me, you know. And he's, uh, you know, Greg is always trying to, what can you do for me isms? And he's learned to play the game to the extent that he can. I mean, we find out that he's the highest paid intern probably in history, 200 grand to be a pro, uh, an assistant, like whole lands of Greg. Um, but that is, uh, that's crazy. The slap box fight that we get between Tom and uh, Greg once uh, Tom finds out Greg's been going behind his back, dirty dealing. Um, I was wondering if this abuse was ever going to, this physical abuse was ever going to come back. I think it was in episode seven or six in season one where Tom and I think Greg, I think they're running or something like that. And he just starts beating up Greg in the middle of the street where no one can see it. And I always thought that Tom was a fucking douche after that. And he is still kind of a douche. He's not a great guy because he's so moldable and he just, he, he likes that lifestyle so much that he'll do anything to do it. But he's, on the abuser angle too, where he's just like beating up this guy and um, Greg's had enough. You see Greg, the, Greg, the egg is Greg, the egg, but he's taller than Matson. I mean, Alexander Skarsgård, when he's coming in, he's like, Abba! like he's like flipping out and shit like that. He's tall and he's imposing as fuck. But then when you got dang um, Greg, the egg, he, I, I think he's probably every bit of six, five. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, what is it? Braun, um, Greg, the egg height, six foot, seven inches tall. Holy Jesus. He is a giant. <laughs> oh my God. Um, that's tall as shit. Yeah, some of my, I've got a friend that's seven foot two. So that's, a, that's the tallest I've ever seen. But six foot seven is still way up there. That's straight up basketball height right there. Um, so that's why everyone is, he's towering over everyone. So you don't, you get a slap from a six foot seven ass dude. His hand is half the size of your, uh, uh, your arm or something like that. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So the siblings then agree uh, to let Kendall take over forming the veto, the voting block. Now, this is where I'll talk about Shiv. I know that kind of been all over the place. Shiv is Shiv is interesting. So we've talked a little bit about Shiv and uh, you know just what she's all about what she's been doing, what she's been planning. At the beginning of the season, she's with the she's with everybody. All the siblings are together, everything's okay, which you know at the end of the season is not going to be good. Logan dies, they disperse, then they come back together again in the middle, and then slowly there's a decline of 
we'll have Kendall be the temporary CEO and we'll have Roman as co-CEO and Shiv will kind of get fucked off to the side, even though she's supposed to have say in this as well. So the entire season, let's be clear, she's been fucked over by her brothers who said that they were going to have her uh, opinion and everything. Kendall literally has stepped all over her um, her professionally and corporate um, inputs. They were completely dismissed to the side. You saw how he acted in the middle episodes towards her. It was... Um, all of it was reasoning and laying track towards this individual kind of fucking hates Kindle. Shiv fucking kind of hates Kindle. And with reason, if you do it a montage of all the times that they're together, Kindle is usually stepping all over Shiv. Um, and I do forget that Shiv is the youngest, I believe. So... When they're having this uh, powwow at their mothers in Barbados, love Peter Munyon and Jonathan trying to sell them bullshit that they don't even want. They're like, it's so good that uh, you won't even need it. You won't even want it. You'll just be selling it type shit. You know, it's like, it, like, what is this investment again? Like all this shit, it was, um, it was so damn funny. And then uh, I'll just fast forward to Peter Munyon being a dickhead at the end. He's like, well, that was a fucking waste of time when all of the siblings all come together and then they leave. And <laughs> I was like, Jesus, Peter is a fucking kind of a dickhead too. Um, but uh, yeah, they get there and their mother's talking about face eggs in the, their eyes and she doesn't want to deal with Roman's bullshit and puts them in a little boy outfit. And Peter's doing all his... Uh, his eye drops and shit like that. I was like, well, you know, her mother's terrible, but at least there's a place to hang. And so they are all having the powwow there. Roman and Shiv are basically, uh, you know, they, they think Kendall's pretty bucked. They don't think that it's going to happen. And Roman was the main person that they had to get on their team. And once Roman is on team Kendall and once they, once Kendall finds out uh, Tom is named CEO. There is a shift in Shiv that says, all right, I'll realign with Kendall. And they go to the beach and there's this kind of like tension of like, I, I kind of thought that someone was going to get like, uh, like bit by a shark or drown or something. The, the entire episode, I'm like, oh my God, is someone going to die? There's this like layer of like, oh my God, are they going to make it through this whole episode? Um, and so I think that was actually pretty smart the way they played it kind of put him in this moderately dangerous, moderately dangerous scenarios where it's not like their people have guns up to their heads or something like that, or they're being, they're in terrible situations, but it'd be a terrible accident for something to happen, you know, and they actually joke about was a Roman and Shiv start going in the Roman uh, in the in the Kindle voice and then start making fun of Kindle and Kindle's out there swimming in the dark and he's like laying and he's mastered mastered the way of the water and and they're talking about killing him and stuff like that and they're like doing impressions of him they're like why'd you kill me like that man that really wasn't cool man you know <laughs> like I'm gonna miss this uh the the rat a tat 
nature of the show. Even thinking about and recording this, I I want to kind of rewatch that first season again, just to kind of get that, bring it all back. I I miss I miss the ratatat. I miss all of that. I miss the Frank. I miss the Jerry. I miss Carl. I miss all of these all of them. I, they they felt like such a family and such a unit. I I know that they, to my knowledge, really enjoyed doing the show. Um. And so let me talk about meal fit fucking meal fit fucking like I loved this part of the part of this episode. Why, why did I really love this episode? Not just for the meal fit for the king, not just for the behind the scenes with the Logan Roy and every, you know, them Connor doing the I'm a little teapot shit right in front of Logan telling him fuck off. Um, it felt like there was this perfect blend like this this was a perfect blend of fan service where we got to have all of our favorite characters come out and do one little dance or jerry did a limerick carl did a uh, did a song did a song from logan's childhood like he learned it from logan's <laughs> he performed it for him and um and then this meal fit for a king i felt like just just had the cameras running so i found out that um that this scene, I believe, was the last scene they shot in the entire series. And when they were doing this meal fit fucking, they were they they were just having a fucking ball. And apparently they did make this like nasty ass uh, amalgamation slush for uh, Kindle to drink. And he would drink it, run out to the beach, throw it up and then come back and do the scene again. And so if you look at him, he does kind of look a little bit like uh, washed out. So I'm sure that some of those scenes, he's like, he's it's just like loopy and shit like that. And um, at the end of that scene, there's video going around of them, uh, the siblings, Roman and Shiv, uh, shaving Kendall's uh, head or, or Jeremy Strong's head. And it is so funny. And then they crack a fucking, I think Roman cracks an egg on top of it. And I just think that, they just look like such a fun time to hang out with. I I would literally watch 10 hours more of behind the scenes of this entire cast making this because I bet they are so interesting behind the scenes. I just uh, there's a a degree. I understand that they are actors and, you know, majority of the time they, they don't act like this at all. But to an extent, they have to have that comedic timing and they have to have that comedic chop. You know, it would be very interesting to see how they they act in real life versus how, how much their character is influenced by them. So anyways, Meal Fit for a King was one of my favorite uh, favorite scenes. And like many scenes in this last episode, I feel like were a little bit fan service in the right way. Um, and the way that I don't like fan service is uh, maybe being way more specific on answering questions that we really don't give a shit about. Um, that's, that's kind of a little bit more stuff I'm not crazy about, but anyways, let's, uh, let's continue on upon their return to New York. Shiv learns Tom has been chosen as CEO. The siblings race to sway the board. And there's this level of pacing that is through this episode that just feels like we got to fucking book it. And I never felt like there was, this was ever dragging, even though there was like slower scenes and just, I was glued the entire time. 
and the scene between Shiv and Tom and him saying, you would do the same for me and blah, blah, blah. And when Shiv finds out that it's Tom, it's, it's just like there's this, this combination of like, oh my gosh, you know? Um, and so, oh, and to be clear, when the siblings found out that Shiv wasn't going to be CEO, it was due to a retraction in uh, a letter that was supposed to go out uh, to the board the next day, I believe, but they had removed her name. So that's where the retraction came from. It, Tom had not been named at that point, I don't believe. Shiv finds out, I think, at that point, uh, the when they get back to New York. So the race to sway the board, uh, the board comes to a 6-6 tie over selling to Gojo with only Shiv left to vote. And the big reveal on this or kind of like the, the turn haven here on this was we've seen this vote. We've seen this kind of episode before is one of the most intense episodes in episode seven, I believe, when Kendall tries to overturn his father and is voted out because he's late. The. And it's also uh, Romulus. He's like, Romulus, you better be smelling your armpit because Rom, uh, what was it? Uh, Roman was going to um, vote his father off the board and vote Kendall in, but he ended up putting his hand down and Kendall wasn't there to really persuade him or anything like that. So it didn't come down to Roman's vote. It came down to Shiv's vote. And Shiv, when I was sitting there, I was like, this is interesting how they had Roman right there. And then Shiv placing the way that they were doing the vote. I was like, hmm, interesting. All the people that were for Kendall, Stewie's like, I'm Ken, big Ken, baby. You know, I love Stewie. He's so funny, but he was so wrong. Um, but he'll jump ship quick. Uh, I'm going to miss Stewie's character. Um, so yeah, Shiv runs out of the board. And um, so Shiv has second thoughts about Kendall's competence and votes in favor of the deal despite Kendall's protest. Now, let me kind of explain how this scene comes in. Kendall has never been more confident than this in his life. I think he comes in, he kind of does like a head bob, and he's like, all right, now we don't like this deal, so we're going to either fire me or the Gojo deal is going to go through. So what's it going to be? And he's so confident that the deal is not going to go through. He's just like smiling, and everyone's like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And Ewan actually says, yes for Kendall, which was I thought was kind of uh, interesting. And then we have uh, <clears throat> we have Roman that says yes for Kendall. And then it comes down to Shiv. And I think she's already made up her mind at this point that it can't happen. It ain't gonna happen. She doesn't like him. There's there is something intrinsically in her that just she loves him, but she can't stand him. And anyone that has had family in that scenario, I don't know if I'm I've ever had family that is in fits that exact mold, but probably close. But well, I obviously wasn't voting for them to be CEO. I, you know, I can understand that. Um, I I can see why Shiv did this. And like I said, if you had a montage of all the stuff that Kendall had been doing to Shiv over the course of the series, not just the season, you would see why she would probably say that as well. And I'm sure stuff previously in her childhood, previously in other things that we never saw on the show would affect her too. It's just like, there's so much baggage that Kendall has not made up for. And he's not done nearly enough 
uh, uh, he, he hasn't paid enough for his sins, I guess, is what she thinks to an extent of saying, you know, you killed a kid. And he's like, you know what Kendall says? He says, which? I mean, wait, what, 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 what? And then, so two things, he says, which kid? So it's like, wait, how many people have you killed? Or it's like, wait. And now they're having this conversation. It's Rom, Kendall, Shiv, in another boardroom across the hall in a glass room that is still very, uh, you can hear all the audio coming through the, that room into the other boardroom. So you're assuming everyone's hearing this as well as seeing it because it's a glass walled room. You see everything um, looking like a Westworld room. Um, so they're in there and Shiv is like, you fucking killed a kid. And Kendall's like, which? Wait, I mean, I made that up kind of thing. And they're like, wait, wait, what? What? You made it up just to bring us all together? That type of shit? Uh, he's like, yeah, I just made it up to bring it all together. And, uh, you know, I, that type of thing. And they're just like, I, I can't even at this. And then and then at that point, Roman's starting to hop off. He's like, you know, you're bullshit, man. I'm bullshit. We're all bullshit. Everything's bullshit. And to be honest, Rome's the one that's speaking the most truth. And so he calls, calls it like he sees it, says everyone's bullshit. <clears throat> and so Kendall starts to starts to panic a little bit and start acting a little bit like an addict. And they, he's like, I'm I'm going to die if I don't have this. I'm going to I'm I'm a piece built for a specific machine, a cog in the machine. And that is me. I am made for this. And if you look at any time Kendall does not get what he wants, he's just he's just distraught and asinine. And then add the fuel on top of Roman saying that his kids are illegitimate bloodline. And the I think he said one of them's a buy-in. The other one is a mix of Rava and the file cabinet guy. And friend, Kendall's like, ah! And fucking just wigs out. And he's like, he's not quite like, I'm not even sure what is happening. I've never even seen this kind of, uh, this aggression. He's just, smushing Roman's face into the like into the glass like Roman's in the glass and then everyone on the outside of the uh boardroom is like oh my god and Shiv is like oh my god I just can't even right now and she just like walks outside and she's like goes goes and I guess does the deal uh you know passes the the Gojo deal and Roman and uh, and Kendall are still like they they get down on the ground at one point. I'm pretty sure they get down and start wrestling like little like ten year old boys that are wrestling over some bullshit. And you just see the unraveling of Kendall even to the point where his hair is just like wow, you know, it is it's wild. And so um, he's just like he comes back to a second. And he's just like oh shit. And talking about illegitimate bloodlines and shit like that, he came back and he's like, oh my gosh. And I think that's the first time we've heard about that. Um, and so he's just like fixing his, fixing himself and he turns and walks away. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry about that. He doesn't really apologize or anything like that, but he just kind of walks away and goes into the boardroom, fixing his hair, passing like 20, 30 people that are in the hallway that had seen that. And they're all, all everyone in the hallway is, like they just saw that but no one even tried to stop it 
and they he uh, uh kindle walks in and he's like all right let's uh let's just try to adjourn this for tomorrow <laughs> adjourn this vote and frank's like you can't son it already passed and kindle's like he just like got this look on his face he's like all right and then he's just like it, the the blood drains from his face and just he walks the fuck out he's like we'll see ya. and <laughs> um he just goes in the elevator and i think most people thought at this point because kendall said like i'm going to die without if i don't get this job kind of thing um i think most people had predicted that kendall was going to die kendall's death was imminent and I can see how people would want that or see that. I never saw that that was this show. The reason I never thought there was going to be another death past Logan was strictly because the death of Logan lingers so hard in the season and it's always talked and referenced about that having another death in my opinion feels like kind of a hat on a hat like it it's unnecessary in my opinion to have another death and in my personal opinion after watching over 500 pieces of media killing someone generally in a piece of media in a movie television whatever is not the most interesting thing to do you want to do that in my opinion when you absolutely have to when the natural story progression leads you there but just doing it for the sake of doing it because like and now kendall's gonna go jump off the roof you know just or he's gonna go jump in you know to a canal it's like i i never felt like that was this show like these people are so rich that the the bumpers they have created majorly will keep them from ever hitting that rock bottom now, I'm not saying every rich person's never going to be depressed or anything like that or have those type of thoughts. It literally happens to anyone regardless of stature, but it's the it's the fact that they have the monetary value to buy the best of the best health care to get you out of that funk, you know, uh, having really good health care having a really good therapist might help you just a little bit more or a lot bit more of not being so damn depressed. And so think of the average person that goes to therapy, you know, a hundred dollars an hour or something like that. I don't know what therapy costs, uh, but they're paying probably $3,000 an hour and having a hell of a lot better time. So I'm, I'm just trying to get you in the notion of like, a lot of money can, you know, being well off can keep you from feeling completely abandoned, especially financially in the ways that if you aren't financially well off or comfortable, then you're going to you're going to have a lot more troubles to deal with and a lot more things you're dwelling on versus not. And so I never felt like Kindle was ever going to do that now with saying that there are deleted scenes two deleted scenes that i've heard right off the top of uh greg the egg and ewan they said that uh greg the egg apparently says f you to ewan i don't think that would have been within the tone of the show or i didn't really need to see that greg's a big shithead this entire season and continues to kind of 
just be a, a lower version of Tom. And, um, you know, I don't blame him for what he's doing in the company because he's just literally just trying to scratch his way up. But he's just, he, the character is terrible. Um, but I do love the Tom and, and Greg dynamic. They were always my favorite and I love how they end at the end. And so, yeah, the Ewan fuck off scene, that never happened from what I hear, or they, they cut it. And then the other scene that happened was Kendall at the very end of the show, um, basically he, let me, let me, let me complete the, the plot right here and we'll, we'll, we'll finish it up. So uh, da, da, da. Tom is appointed CEO when Kendall, uh, when Kendall leaves, uh, with Shiv by his side, Roman accepts that he and his siblings were never worthy successors. And he has the drink that Mar uh, the martini, I believe that, uh, Jerry was always drinking and he's, you know, he's thinking about her. And so everyone, the siblings basically all don't get what they want with the exception of maybe or maybe not Connor, because he really wasn't striving to be on top. And so a devastated Kendall contemplates his future. The deleted scene well, so the scene specifically ends with Kendall slowly walking to, I, I think, a river in New York or around Manhattan area. Um, and he goes up to it. And a lot of people thought he was going to jump in. What happens is he looks at it and then he sits down on a bench and stares at the water as uh, as his um, bodyguard is in the distance, not too far back watching them. And so I, um, I had heard that the deleted scene actually has, um, what's his face? Um, Jeremy Strong has Jeremy Strong jumping in the river. And from there it, um, it was implied that Kendall was going to commit suicide in the river or something like that, but that was not written in the script. It was like a Jeremy Strong improvision or something like that, but obviously got cut. I just feel like the character as we know it is a lot more sad if he's having to live in that deep depression of knowing he killed a kid, maybe more people, knowing he's been a terrible father, knowing he's doing all of the all this terrible stuff and that's way worse than than the death that would be instant and so that was <clears throat> that was my um you know two cents about it but uh yeah i'm trying to figure out anybody else that i'm, I'm thinking about yeah so i'm glad that's not the way it ended because i feel like again that was, that's a double it's it's really dark and so it, it could have, um, I don't know. It, I, like I said, it's just really dark. And the show's already dark, and it's mainly focused on the succession of the death of Logan Roy. And so I don't think we need another death on, death on top of that. There's Barry, we're going to talk about pretty soon. And Barry feels like they did that hat on a hat ending. If, 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 
Kendall ended up jumping in the river and his, you know, the, and the bodyguard wasn't there to get him. Or if we didn't get some sort of, if like the last thing we see is just Kendall jumping and we don't get a sense of him being rescued, that would be really fucking dark. Um, if Bill Hader directed this uh, show, it might have ended that way. So not necessarily a bad way, but it's the way this show ended is still in such a way that I want to recommend it so hard to people. Like even giving you the plot and telling you everything that has just happened, I would still tell you the the Nicholas Bertel dun 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 dun. You know, just this it's just a pristine show on so many levels. Um from Hugo to Caroline to Jess, all the you know, all the the low-key players are in the background, not in every scene, but they are kind of picking up uh, the pieces of the, the season that we are not filling in with Logan and stuff like that. I love all those scenes. I, there's not a bad scene, in my opinion. Like, everything feels so very naturalistic. Now, um, I will say, I did hear a little speculation. Some people say that Shiv's turn was felt a little bit fast. It felt a little bit out of nowhere. I, I think I've said my two cents on it that if you just go back and check it out, you'll see that um, it's it's probably very much within character for her to do this. Mark, my Lloyd fucking ripped all these last two episodes and uh, the, the entire the entire directing cast, the, 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 all of the directors through succession. I haven't seen a bad direction in any of them, you know, just these pristine beautiful vistas and places that they are having these galas and elections and stuff like that it looks like such an expensive ass show to do because it it feels so real and lived in that um they put that fat check down so i am so glad to have uh this show close out on uh, a good note uh, the first season got an 89 percent and then the following seasons got 97 percent on rotten tomatoes that's uh, totally believe it totally believe it so um yeah let me know if there's anything else that i didn't cover off the top of my head i can't think of anything i know i kind of was scatterbrained the majority of this time but this this show just feels like it washed over me and i was just like oh my goodness the water motifs all of the the siblings the money the the elections uh oh yeah and the the election of uh what's his face uh I uh, can't even think of his damn head. But anyways, the the the, the, the young Trump-esque uh, Mankin guy, he is... I wouldn't have believed that this guy would ever be elected until Trump became elected. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I believe that he would. And um, seeing just kind of how people are like rubbing shoulders and how... It's not how things work. It's probably not exactly that smooth, but I'm sure it's to, uh, to a degree kind of just smooth, just hand, uh, handshaking and all that stuff. Just uh, all about who you know in this uh, succession world. So be sure to like, subscribe, follow. Look at our podcast. You know what to do. Look at our podcast.com. Check out all of the stuff we have on the patreon.com slash look at our podcast. Exclusive reviews. We have seen way too many damn movies to nail them all, but they will be coming. More will be coming down the pipe. Um, getting ready to drop the Fast X review, and then we have uh, Barry season four season review series review as well, and uh, tons of other 
pieces of content coming down the pipe. Again, we have the aftercast for when we're talking about in between shows and stuff like that. Um, if you got questions, all that good stuff, aftercast, that's a good place to have that. Check out Look It Out Podcast on your favorite platform, YouTube, Twitch, SoundCloud. We're on all of them. You know what to do? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>